Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on Wilcom. Tyco CEO Dennis Koslowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. The lights, the cameras, the big, sweaty, muscled men. Wrestling has been a sport that has been loved for centuries, starting with the original Olympics to today and Kashan's high school career in between. People love to see a bunch of greased up humans roll around on the ground for entertainment. One man who loved wrestling more than life itself is the star of today's episode. Vince McMahon, who saw wrestling for more than just a sport, more than just entertainment, but for a spectacle and a way for him to make a multi-billion dollar company. McMahon is the proud founder of the WWE, who have brought us much-loved talent such as Hulk Hogan, The Rock, and John Cena. Anyone else want John Cena to throw him like a dodgeball when they were 16? Sounds painful and illegal. Just me? All right. I'd still let him throw me around like a dodgeball. Anyways. It's like 48. That's fine. But as we know, every big company has some skeletons, some drugs, and some scandals in their closet. Find out what they are on today's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. That's right, brother. We're going to snap into this story like a Slim Jim. This story will have you in an absolute chokehold. Nice. (laughs) Well, welcome back to another episode of White Collars, Red Hands. This is... Yeah, I'm Kishan. And I am Nina. And today, I'm actually very excited about today's story. There's a lot of breaking news this week about today's story. Literally not even 24 hours old at the time of recording. Our fingers are on the pulse of the zeitgeist. And this time, the zeitgeist just happens to be a man wearing a sock on his hands. I don't understand that joke. But anyways. That was a, that was a wrestler. He had a. Oh, oh, had a, oh, yeah. Sacco, Sacco. Yeah, I know exactly what. Yeah. Sticking it Oh, no, you're talking. Mouths. You're talking about what's his name? Foley. Oh, no. Mick Foley. Yeah. Yeah, Mick Foley. I saw him live. What? Yeah, I went to. So there's these um, wrestling competitions in Chicago called Freelance. And it's um, right yeah, I think it's freelance, and they fight at the Logan Auditorium. And, and Mick Foley was in it. Yeah, he came one time. That's in weird. August, and he had his little sock puppet, That's and weird. and I didn't know who he was, but I knew he was famous because my friend Nate, who suggested today's episode, so technically today is a fan submitted episode, I guess. Um, hey, thanks, Nate. Yeah, he's been uh, pestering me for us to do this for a while. But well, anyway, he was like, Mick Foley's going to be there. And I was like, I don't know who that is. But we went. And the uh, yeah, there. The, I mean, there's some crazy stunts that go on there. Yeah, see some people go through a table. Well, I watched them jump around on ladders. Oh, it was a ladder match, huh? It was scary. Nice. I had anxiety the whole time. And somebody got body slammed on a bunch of thumbtacks. Nice. Yeah. I don't know why. Fun. Is it fun? I mean, not for the person getting body slammed, but for everyone who gets to watch a grown man get body slammed and do a thousand tic... I almost said tic tacs. I would rather That's get, a much different show. I would love to get body slammed into a bunch of tic tacs. As long as it's John fresh. Cena doing it. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh my God. You're Only the freshest bro. for Cena. For Johnny. Joke's on you. They're the fucking orange ones. Ew. It's not fresh at all. You're just going to be sticky and I don't think I could compete. Acid-y. All right, enough about that. On to Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon was born on August 24th, 1945 to a long line of promoters. He is a third generation promoter, actually. His grandfather was Roderick Jess McMahon, and his father was Vincent James McMahon. The promoter sounds like a fake job, like I mean, Instagram influencer. I mean, it kind of, that's basically what they, I mean, basically, yeah, that's what right. they were. Um, he, they both, he and his father are both Vincent McMahon, but, um, 
the Vince McMahon that we are talking about all day today is going to be Vincent Kennedy McMahon. His middle name's Kennedy? Yes. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, you know something bad's going to happen to him, right? No one, no one has the name Kennedy and, and lives their life perfectly. Guess we'll find out. Well, when McMahon was six years old in 1952, his grandfather founded the Capital Wrestling Corporation. His grandfather died two years later from a cerebral hemorrhage, which is a ruptured blood vessel inside the brain. I didn't know. Um, McMahon's father took over the business after his grandfather's death. So he took over the... What was the, it called? The, the CWC. The Cap- yes, the CWC. In 1963, they rebranded as the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. And his father was the known... WWWF? Yes. Damn. Yes, they were the WWWF. So... Um, His father was known as the king of wrestling in New York. McMahon actually really wanted to become a wrestler, but his father discouraged it. And McMahon started actually performing announcing duties and ended up becoming a TV announcer when he was 26. And in the 70s, he started promoting. Now, his father lost his promoter in Maine, and so McMahon ended up taking over that region for his dad. Oh, man. Getting started off in the prime wrestling region Mm -hmm. of Maine. In Maine. Um, He also helped his father expand their WWWF syndication, which tripled their reach. He even promoted, he didn't just promote wrestling at this time. He also promoted Evil Knievel's Snake River Canyon Jump and the Muhammad Ali and Antonio Inoki, I think that's how you say it, fight. Sure. They got no, they, they fought each other. Anyways, um, in the 80s, McMahon found success running the Cape Cod Coliseum in Massachusetts. So he um, purchased this Coliseum. It was his venue. Um, it was just called the Coliseum. It was just a big venue. So he bought this venue. Okay. Uh-huh. So he used the venue for concerts, but he also owned a minor league hockey league at the time, and they would have their games games there. Now, this venue helped McMahon earn money as well as increase his skills as a promoter because he was able to fill out the venue. You know, you got to promote the games. You got to promote the concerts, get people in there. Well, in 1982, McMahon's father was ready to retire and was talking about selling the business. And in June of 18, I'm sorry, and in June of 1982, McMahon bought out the ownership stakes of his father as well as the stakes of the shareholders. Hostile takeover. Yes. Uh, you'll find out how hostile. He's a hostile man. I've I'll seen put it him. that way. I've seen him in the ring. Oh, God, he's hostile. Anyway, McMahon had to pay him out. out installments so he bought it but he was paying out installments of one million dollars over the course of the next year so 1982 to 1983 he was paying out million dollar installments now if he defaulted on any of those payments mcmahon would have to forfeit all of his shares back to his father and the other shareholders now there wasn't that many of them but still and so when you say million dollar installments over the year, how many? Um, I, you know what? As I was reading, I was like, fuck, I actually don't know how many. It's probably like monthly. Yeah, like, probably. So, so we like paid that. $12 million in the course of a year, though. Yeah. Which is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And, That's but, if we're assuming annual or uh, monthly payments, rather. Even a million. I mean, obviously, he bought it for more than a million dollars. But even the, a million dollars over the course of the year is a lot of money. So. And this is in the 80s? Yeah, this was in the 80s. Yeah, that's a lot. Yes. So, um, oh no, I said that. So when McMahon, younger McMahon, took over his father's business, this made him the sole owner of pro wrestling in the Northeastern United States, because that's the territory that his father owned. So when, I'm just about to talk about was, that. Was wrestling a big thing that this mattered? It's like, oh man, he's got the whole Northeastern yes. United States. Well, actually, yeah. So when McMahon took over his father's business, pro wrestling functioned under territories, which each of them had their own promoter and cast, and most of them would operate under the uh, National Wrestling Alliance or the NWA, but not to be confused with the group from the 90s. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and say what NWA I'm not stands for? I'm going to do that. You sure? Shut up. All right. I'm just I'm not just doing you, that. I'm just giving you the option. What the fuck? <laughs> No, I'm not doing that. But yeah, there was like the Northeastern Territory, the Northwestern Territory, you know, territory, yeah. like, like, like the risk. territories. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, 
McMahon has come out and said that if his father knew that he was going to take the WWF national, he probably wouldn't have sold it to him because of his relationship with the other promoters in the country. And you'll find out yeah. what he ended up doing. And I think that if his father knew how he was going to change the game of pro wrestling, he would not he wouldn't have been down with it because I think his father really just did love the sport. Whereas McMahon saw it as a huge money-making yeah, opportunity. Money. Yeah. Now, in Vince's words, each promoter respected the other promoter's territory, like his father did. They had loyalty to each other. They were like, this is my spot. This is your spot. Well, you could say that like Vince McMahon was like Germany in World War II and just wanted to take over everybody because he himself did not feel any allegiance to these promoters and had no issue doing a takeover. He's a little whore. Greedy yeah. little whore. Just it's, so it's like uh, the end of The Godfather Part 1 when they kill the heads of all the other five families, huh? She's going in. They all get their territory. Usually they respect it. But he's, t- he's taking them out. I'm going to be honest with you. I fell asleep during The Godfather, so I'm not Oh, my God. It's a good movie. Okay, well, I'll watch it later. It's a little slow. It's but. so slow. That's why I fell asleep. But a bunch of people get fucking murdered. Like, you can't Like you can't be that slow. Well, if I was already asleep. Fine. I'll snooze in while they were put into their eternal slumber. Man. Nina can only stay awake to watch uh, uh, Bluey or Cocomelon. So, no, fuck Coco Melon. Coco Melon is a form of birth control. That shit is awful. So anyway, in the fall of 1982, McMahon actually bought out the Los Angeles territory. Now, this purchase gave McMahon a TV presence in two of the country's two biggest media markets, both New York and L.A. Then he moved on to take over Ohio. The natural progression. Well, actually, Ohio is a pretty big spot for wrestling. Even today, they have a lot of um, well, yeah. pro wrestling events there. Well, that's because, you know, if the amount of teeth in people's mouths go down, then the, the, then the love for professional wrestling goes up. I, that's just yeah. science. That's not... Um, so, yeah. I Then the biggest sports in Ohio, the three biggest sports in Ohio, mm-hmm. NASCAR course monster truck wwe and then close fourth cornhole cornhole close fourth actually mcmahon took over ohio and this caused a lot of tension between mcmahon and other promoters and mcmahon he actually ended up leaving the nwa so that he was really exempt from all of this it's kind of like the when trump left the paris treaty okay you know yeah he's like fuck this shit i want to blow up the earth mm-hmm. so vince mcmahon was just like See you, easy E. I'm out of here. Yep. So McMahon kept gaining TV access all across the country and brought up big names to help him fuel his network. Um, big wrestling names. Some of these names included Tony Atlas, Paul Orndorff. I actually know someone with that name. and it's not- Orndorff? Yeah. Woof. Yeah. You sound like a dwarf. I know. Um, the masked superstar, the Iron Sheik, and Hulk Hogan. Oh, your name cannot be the Iron Sheik. I'm sorry. It well, seems insensitive. Well, he had a he had headgear that. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying he wasn't. He didn't look like a Caucasian man. We'll put it that way. It's just really it still tan. doesn't make it right. Yeah. No. I'm just saying this was the 80s. Um, at some point I forgot to add this in there, but at some point they dropped one of the W's, so now it's just the WWF. Good because WWWF is way too hard to say. I'm um, sorry, WW. Oh, I guess it's still two W's. Never mind. Yeah. I was gonna say WWJD. What would God do? Oh uh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. No man, they spell God with a J now. Jod. If people are going to call it Jif, then then I'm calling him Jod. All right. So in 1984, <laughs> the WWF gained TV access to more big cities, including Chicago, Nashville, Dallas, New Orleans, and more. Also, interestingly enough, in 1984, Cindy Lauper became involved with pro wrestling, with the pro wrestling world after having Lou. I, you know what? There's a lot of names I'm not going to know how to say on this episode. Don't crucify me. It's Albania, right? Isn't there an Enya on the end? I don't know. Lou Albania. That's what I thought it was. But um, 
she became involved with the pro wrestling world after having Lou Albano star in the Girls Just Want to Have Fun music video. And she also appeared on WrestleMania when it launched in 1985. McMahon was actually able to get MTV to cover the event, which was huge for the WWF because of the blend of pop culture and wrestling. And because of the success of WrestleMania, the program Saturday Night's main event ended up being developed for NBC, which put pro wrestling back on network television. Then WW what? Back on network television? Did it get taken off at some point? Well, I think that it wasn't on. It was on cable, but it wasn't on. Oh, because everyone's probably showing their like local mm-hmm. yeah. promotions. Yeah, it was on like yeah. local TV, but this right. is like this is national. National. This is spot. NBC. This is. This is Hulk Hogan in the in the the living rooms of every, every white American family. Yes. yes. Nice. What a time to be alive, the 80s. Um, but, you know, it wasn't just network television. They also uh, tapped into pay-per-view, which was big for them. And by the 80s, most of the other wrestling territories fell, and the WWF remained the country's wrestling giant. They got so big. I mean, honestly, they kind of became a monopoly. Yeah. Um, well, they didn't kind of, they did. Um, there's like only one other large wrestling group, foundation, company um, in the country. Um, so these small local territories or these small local groups, they weren't able to compete against the WWF. So they just ended up not working out. Um, the country's, I mean, sorry, the company's success continued to grow into what it is today, landing deals with Time Warner Cable, as well as continuing programs on NBC. Also, Fox owns something with them as well. Um, I could imagine, or I could continue a long time about the details of this company, but it would literally take the entire podcast episode. Like, if we went through every big thing that happened, honestly, we could make three episodes off of this one topic. Well, we won't. Don't don't we, worry. We, we won't. Don't worry. This is the only one. Don't worry. So the WWE is now worth $6.6 billion with stocks at trading at almost $90 a share this Wait, week. It's a public company? Yes, it's public. What the fuck? Yes, it's okay. public. Um, so it is now known as the WWE. I know that I've been also referring to it as the WWF. Well, it became the WWE in 1990. I'm sorry. It... Well, it became the WWE in 2002 when the company lost a lawsuit from the World Wildlife Federation, the World Wildlife Fund over the WWF trademark. I actually so, did know that. I did not. So, I personally have only known it as the WWE, but I was like only 9 when they changed it. So, That's fair. 9 uh 9 uh was 9. I was also 29 uh. Now I got to wait 9 years before I'm 39 uh. Oh, yeah, you're 30. I know. Fucking old fucking hag. Old Anyways, a spinster, as they would call no. me. Hey, don't worry. Soon you'll be uh, an old maid. Uh, it's like, what? How, how many years till you're an old maid? Like now. All right. That's fine by me. Oh, he's a bridesmaid. Never a bride. Get the fuck out of here, old lady. Stop coming in here. You know you're not allowed. So if you've been listening us to us for any amount of time, you know that a company that is this large worth $6 billion has got to have some skeletons in their closet and surely has some scandals. And the WWE is no exception. Probably real skeletons in their closet, honestly. Well, we're going to get to that. Yeah. Um, so this first thing, these first few things I'm going to talk about isn't so much of a scandal, but it's how McMahon is shitty. He's a shitty guy. All right. So wrestlers for the WWE are technically not employees. They are independent contractors. But the company decides when the wrestlers work, where they go and what they are being paid. Because of the way that the contract is set up, wrestlers can't break the contract. And after the contract is up, they have a 90 day no competition clause. And this is still intact to this day. Now, the reason that this is in place is because there was a wrestler by the name of Rick Rude who wrestled for the WWE, but back when he was wrestling, the WWE was actually pre-taped before it was shown on television. And so it was not live like people were led to believe. Well, while his match was, he was like fighting for the WWE, he was also performing for another televised event at the same time on another channel. And so 
He was on both things. And then when he was on the other event, he was talking shit about the WWE. And he was like, yeah, it's pre-taped. It's not live like you all think. Blah, 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 blah. So that's actually why this rule was put in place. This is why they're independent contractors? It's why they can't. um, Oh, the no compete clause? Yeah, that's why they have a no compete clause. Oh, okay. So although it would make, although this makes sense, it's bad for the wrestlers because it can cause their momentum to decline with fans, potentially making them irrelevant. And they also don't make as much money this way. Um, Jesse Ventura was a top wrestler in the 70s and 80s, and he was actually really tired of the poor treatment from WWF. So he started rounding up wrestlers in order to get them unionized. Well, Ventura ended up being fired because of the attempt to unionize after Hulk Hogan ratted him out. And so McMahon... So Hulk Hogan routed him out to McMahon. He was fired, and then there was never a union. What a goody fucking two shoes Hulk Hogan is. No, honestly, Hulk Hogan sucks. Like after doing this like research, I was like, dude, you fucking suck. Anyways, he also has probably the worst acted scene in a movie ever. Probably. Where's the? I forget what. He also had a reality show. He did. That was actually it was kind of popular. I didn't watch it, but. I, I forget what movie it is. He, like, pulls someone out of a car, and the guy's like, uh, and he's like, what's that smell? And the guy goes, dookie. What? Yeah, it's terrible. What's that smell? So, because he shit himself. Yeah, because he's like scared, and Hulk Hogan's making these like ridiculous faces, like, "What's that smell?" Well, I mean, the acting that he's used to doing is the over-dramatized shit that he does for wrestling. So that makes sense. But McMahon, he's also super weird. When his daughter Stephanie was pregnant, he wanted to do a storyline for WWE in which he was the father of her child. And when his daughter was like, no, you're not doing that he tried to pitch an angle that her brother shane was actually the father of her child and she nixed all potential incest storylines but it's like fucking weird weird that you gotta yeah if you gotta bring that up at work like if i ever had my like no dad you can't say you fucked me and got me pregnant like i definitely don't if i have to create the boundary no incest storylines in my job I'm, i'm finding a new job yeah it weird and at the time of her pregnancy um mcmahon was calling himself a genetic jackhammer which honestly that's what he looks like he does that just like he's straight jackhammers a genetic jackhammer so it ruins things smackdown oh my god raw monday night raw they knew what they were doing when they named those oh hell yeah they did so, it's also noted that McMahon hates when people sneeze because they're not in full control of their bodies. Wait, what? <laughs> he gets mad when people sneeze. Does he not sneeze? Is that what he's trying to say? No! I'm in perfect control of my physical of my physical shape. I do not sneeze. My body does what I tell it to in every single moment, except for when I shit the bed at night. I Ignore that last part. <laughs> <laughs> And McMahon also tends to be very explosive. Um, There was an interview that was done with Bob Costas. I don't remember when exactly this was done, but he was asking McMahon about a situation. Apparently, this little girl had died because her brother had done wrestling moves on her and like got her in a chokehold and killed her, which is horrible. Um, My cousins used to beat the shit out of me with wrestling moves all the time, so I didn't die, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine like suffocating your sister? That's like fucked up. Anyways... Costas was asking McMahon if he felt any responsibility because of what was going on, because of, you know, his shit was on network television. Anyone can access it. Kids are watching this. Like, yeah, I don't know if they don't. I don't know if at that time they had to like a don't try this at home, like anything like that. And like that does anything. But yeah. Yeah. But instead of actually answering the question, McMahon just got super angry with Costas, got super defensive and jabbed his finger in Costas's face and was like. It sounds like him. Yeah. He's. It's a steroid. Yeah. Well. It'll do that. 
it's the steroids. There's there's a hundred things about this. Like, yeah. and what I'm, um, yeah. He's just a dick, right? Yeah. He's a fucking dick. And there's also a time where McMahon called John Cena the N-word on live television and had no repercussions from it. Oh, he also did that with another wrestler. Where he, he did it twice? Yeah, well, I forget the name of the wrestler. Maybe it's the same instance and, and it's not. I mean, I don't remember one with John Cena. This is Somebody just told me about this, so maybe it is someone yeah, else. Yeah, I don't think it was John Cena. He he does like the my. Yeah. With the. With the yeah. The so-called A at the end, but still, it's it not. It doesn't matter. He can't say it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, he, it's he, weird. He got if you no, look at the clip, it's weird. He got no repercussions from that. Yeah. So the next thing I'm going to talk about actually reminds me of a previous story that we did. I think it was WeWork, but I can't actually remember. But no one would correct the CEO when he would order a cappuccino when he really wanted a latte. That was WeWork. Some, yeah. Someone was working at like the, the coffee place and he ordered like a latte and he was like, he was like, this isn't a latte. This is a cappuccino. And he's like, no. Yeah. He was like ordering whatever he wanted backwards. And, and like, would not listen to the person. Yeah. Yeah. That was WeWork. Well. Actually, so apparently McMahon does this as well, and people don't correct him on anything. There was an instance where someone new had started working for him, and he kept asking for his meat wrap, but no one knew what the heck he was talking about, and what he was asking for was a burrito, but no one would correct him and be like, stop calling it a meat wrap. So it's like he thinks it's a wrap, like how a salad is a wrap, but it, but instead of salad on the inside, it's like- It's meat. It's meat. Give me my meat wrap. So it's a meat wrap. Yeah, maybe he's just trying to make burritos healthy. He's like, no, no, no. This isn't a burrito. It's a meat wrap. Okay, this is a meat wrap. You take like a like a like a Caesar salad wrap and take out all the lettuce and replace it with with beans, rice, and cheese. <laughs> no Caesar dressing. Yeah, no dressing. No croutons. No Parmesan maybe, cheese. Maybe some sour cream and salsa in there. And then it's a meat wrap. Sure, Vince. Sure. Just you're a fucking idiot. But I think that's also part of the reason why he is so explosive. It's not just the steroids that he used to take. It's it's the never being told he's wrong, yeah. acting like a god, like the the genetic jackhammer. He's the genetic jackhammer. Yeah. Come on. Well, now we are going to talk about some scandals. So, in 1993, McMahon was charged by the U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of New York for routinely getting steroids for his wrestlers. He would have a doctor. His name was George Zahorian. Okay. I think that's how you say it. I think that's how you say it. But... George Zahorian was a doctor in Pennsylvania, and he would write him prescriptions, and he would make sure that he would have regular shipments of steroids shipped to the WWE headquarters in Connecticut. Oh, man, the 80s. What a time to be alive. So Zahorian did this from 1984 to 1989. He sold steroids and drugs to 43 pro wrestlers, 37 of them who were employed by the WWF at the time. So th they got caught because regulation of the steroids was becoming more strict in 1988 and trafficking them was now criminalized, which is crazy that prior to that, it was like fine to just ship them in the mail. No, this well, no one was really cracking down on steroids. You got to think at this time, mm -mm. people, people could still like legally use steroids in like baseball. Yeah. Because this was before um, the whole thing with bodybuilding them and... I think Mark McGuire had like his bottle of androsterone or whatever, and he was like, "Those are my those are my special vitamins." Uh huh. But it was before they were illegal. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, and when it was like came out that they had all been doing steroids too, like McMahon was like, "Well, these are entertainers, not athletes, so it's fine." Like he said something like that. Well, health effects, sir. He doesn't care, right? He doesn't, he doesn't care. care. He's, He's the fuck. genetic jackhammer. Yeah. Fucking bitches left genetic and right. Genetic jackhammer, but he also has to take steroids. You're like the liver king, bro. Hey, don't shit on me. That's not what, I don't know why I said that. That's stupid. What was that? Was that a, supposed to be a joke? No, I don't know what I was even trying you to say. You literally just said, don't shit on me. I think I was trying to say, don't knock until you try it. What? I was trying to like say... Like getting shit on? Like don't no, knock getting shit no, on until you try it? No, no, Taking steroids. And I was going to say, hey, don't knock it until you try it. But then I said, don't try The lesser known early American flag instead of don't tread on me. <laughs> just says don't shit on me. It's a snake with a big shit on top of it. 
That shit isn't a coil. Or the snake isn't a coil like a shit, like the poop emoji. Oh, that's good. <laughs> we should make our own shirts that say don't shit on me. <laughs> it's a poop emoji. This is great marketing. Would you, if you uh, would buy a don't shit on me shirt, please comment. Oh, below. yeah, please. Please comment. I, I can't wait for the torrent of comments. <laughs> I'd buy a don't shit on me t-shirt. I'm going to make... Hey, I was thinking... this joke was funny. I was thinking about making new... I was like brainstorming new merch, you know? I was like, ooh, what would be like a fun little thing? I just gave us a gold mine. Don't yep. shit on me. Yeah. I love it. Anyways, it was found out that Zohorian was doing this and he was indicted in 1991. And when investigators literally kicked open his office doors Dorian was jamming invoices and shipping records into a paper shredder okay arthur anderson so he was convicted for 15 counts of trafficking drugs and four wwf wrestlers testified at his trial which was in 1994 now six charges were brought against mcmahon but three ended up being thrown out in court before the trial he was also one of these was he was indicted for conspiring to distribute steroids now, there were former uh, rest, former wrestling stars who were called to testify at McMahon's trial, including Rick Rude. Oh, that old villain. Tom Zank, the Ultimate Warrior, the Warlord, and Hulk Hogan. There were a few more, too, but I was like, I don't know. It's fine. Now, Hogan said that his steroids used was to help him with an injury, not to get bigger. He was like, I was hurt, and it was helping me with an injury. Which yeah, His injury was not having big enough abs. Hell, yeah. Did you know his arms were 24 inches around? That's big. There's bigger, though. That's big. The largest man. I think that might be my thigh. I saw a defensive end for the Houston Texans in real life one time. Uh Uh-huh. Largest man I've ever seen in my life. Damn. His bicep was the size of my head. No joke. Like, it was scary large. That's big. It looked like someone who could, like, break a Toyota Corolla in half over his knee. (laughs) Did not like it. Scary man. Hogan said that, you know... I was hurt, whatever. And he said, he claimed that McMahon never pressured him to take steroids. Which I don't really think is true. Now, other wrestlers have said that McMahon pressured them. And one claimed that actually McMahon had sexually assaulted him. But then that was thrown out because they said he was a disgruntled employee. Huh. Yeah. Um, I I feel like McMahon thinks gay stuff is icky. He seems seems like that kind of guy. Yeah, I think that like... Actually, I'm not going to, like, say what I think could have happened. I think some shaming, like, stuff could have happened in oh, front yeah, of, like, yeah. okay, do maybe. this yeah, yeah. because you're a little bitch. I feel like if it was, like, I'm not saying that it's not true. I I don't even know exactly what he said that McMahon did, actually. But that would be what I would think because McMahon is, like, Yeah. Yeah. He, he doesn't strike me as someone who's pro, like, he thinks that marriage is between a man and a woman. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Strong like, Republican vibes, yeah, for he sure. He is a huge Republican, and we're actually going to get into that later, how big of a Republican he is. Um, if he had been convicted, he would have served 11 years in prison and paid a $1.5 million fine. Now, the judge dismissed the distribution charge that was against him, saying that the prosecution didn't have enough evidence. And after a jury deliberated for 16 hours, McMahon was found not guilty. Now, Zahorian was sentenced to three years in prison, but he's out now and he is practicing neurology in Pennsylvania. You got to continue practicing? Yeah, he didn't lose his medical license. Isn't that insane? Wild. So after this case, the WWF enacted a drug policy and started te- started drug testing their wrestlers. Now, there is a former wrestler who was like, they pick and choose. Like, if they want to get rid of you and you test positive for any drugs or steroids, they, they drop you. If they want to keep you, they ignore it, yeah. which is not shocking to me whatsoever, Sounds given the right. fact, given the whole structure of their business. Yeah. Now, um, we talked about this a minute ago. Well, it was more than a minute ago. Earlier in the episode, we kind of talked about how the wrestlers were not really protected or treated correctly. Um, In May of 1999, a wrestler by the name of Owen Hart died during a stunt at a pay-per-view event. He was being lowered to the ground by a harness and grapple line, and the move was not practiced enough times, and during his stunt, Hart accidentally triggered an early release and fell 78 feet 
landing chest first on the top rope. He unfortunately died from those injuries. Yeah. Uh, and the worst thing about this, by the way, is that McMahon made it the show go on. Yeah, they, they carted didn't, him off and they, they continued the show. Yeah, they didn't air the part where he fell, but like they they didn't show him falling, they didn't show his body, but they showed crowd reaction, I think. Well, they had to pan away from it like yeah. really quickly and yeah. then they cut it off. Because I've I've actually seen this recording. And they they cut it it. off, and then they, like, come back, and they're like, oh, I hope he's okay. And they continued the fucking show. And it was because Vince McMahon specifically, other people wanted to stop, and Vince McMahon specifically was like, no, we have to finish the show. It's bullshit. No, it is bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. It it was horrible. Um, His widow took McMahon to court and settled the case for $18 million in November of 2000. Um, we could go on, really go on all day about all the different a lot of controversies, controversies yeah. that have happened with the WWE, including wrongful termination of pregnant people that were working there, murders. There were not McMahon murdering people, but there were some wrestlers who um, oh, yeah, no, murdered know. people. I know what you're talking about. That, yes, that's the guy a, in the 80s. Yeah, and he had, this is one of the first cases that people think of CTE. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to talk about that, actually. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot. We could go on all day long about all the controversies. Um, there is one other case I am going to talk about. Um, I'm just going to give a trigger warning. We are going to talk about sexual assault. We don't technically, we, we typically don't talk a whole lot about sexual stuff on our podcast, mainly because. Well, not assaults. Well, no, no. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I'm in the gutter all the time. Like, I'm a dirty bitch, but. <laughs> your words not mine i, I agree but your record, words not mine. um i have a foul mouth and i will make a sexual innuendo any time i can but we typically don't talk about like sex crimes or like bad sex things yeah that. we try to steer clear of that mainly mainly because that's not what we want this to be and also so many other people do it you don't need one more but this case that this next thing i'm going to talk about does have to do with sexual assault i'm not going to go into a lot of detail but just a warning. You might want to like fast forward for three to five minutes um, if that is something that triggers you. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is the Ashley Massaro situation. Massaro competed for WWE from 2005 to 2008. She was actually the winner of the 2005 Raw Diva Search. So they would like look for women to be on the show. Like it's it was like, like the, a competition. The Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, TV basically. Kind of like yeah. this. Okay. Yeah, I think it wasn't. I From what I understand and I didn't look into it super closely to be honest with you. I don't think it was like the Dallas Cowboys thing where they had a TV show but I could be wrong. I think it might have been oh, like a voting just, thing. Okay. So like American Idol? Maybe. I'm not uh, 100% sure. Right. But she was also a two-time Miss Hawaiian Tropic winner and a Playboy model. In 2016, Masaro was actually among 60 former wrestlers who filed a class action lawsuit against the WWE. It was known as the WWE concession law concussion lawsuit, the WWE concussion lawsuit. Now in the lawsuit, they called for neurological testing and care for former WWE performers. It accused the company of not protecting their employees against chronic traumatic. Do you know how to say this word? Encephalopathy. Encephalopathy. Other no, otherwise known as CTE. Um, It is I feel like you know about it. Do you want to say what it is? Yeah, basically, if you... uh, This is also a problem with football players. Mm -hmm. And honestly, anyone who receives, like, sustained... um, Head trauma? Head traumas. Even small head... That's what they're learning, is that even small head traumas where you don't get a concussion um, and you don't have any symptoms of anything, but just constant, like, like, uh, contact, head-to-head contact or head contact... Uh, creates problems with people's brain um, that can cause behavioral issues, uh, suicidal and violent tendencies, things like that. And we, we've we seen many unfortunate, very sad instances of that. Yeah, yeah. And especially from 
past performers of the WWE. It's become an issue. Um, Also part of this was employment misclassification, which like we talked about earlier, they were independent contractors versus employees. And the reason for that was because they could scoot around if the performers had an, an injury. They didn't have to provide them insurance. They, they didn't have to. They yeah, they didn't have stuff. to take yeah. care of themselves. They, if they got too hurt, they could just drop them and be like, "Oh, sorry." Like they didn't have any employee rights, and they still don't have any employee yeah. rights. They're still independent contractors to this day. Multi-billion dollar company, by the way. Yes, six billion dollars, and these people are independent contractors. Um, also included in the lawsuit was wrongful death and concealments of the risks of head injuries. Um, unfortunately, a judge dismissed the lawsuit in 2018. Now, Masaro said that she suffered multiple injuries during her time at the WWE, and they often went untreated and weren't taken seriously, including concussions, a fractured spine. She had to get a five-inch metal plate put into her ankle, as well as other back injuries. Um, a big reason for that was because she like technically was never trained correctly and didn't know how to do a lot of these stunt moves and she wasn't taught like how to fall or how to like you know not come in contact with someone's knee or things like that they just threw her in the ring they literally threw her in the ring and she also stated that mcmahon ordered a cast of hers to be sawed off her right hand and wrist so that she could fight even though her cast was not supposed to stay was suspended I'm sorry, even though her cast was supposed to stay on for another two weeks. Okay. And that doesn't shock me based on all of his other behavior. I'm like, yeah, that that checks out. Um, unfortunately, this isn't all that she suffered during her time at the WWE. And again, this is where we're going to start talking about the sexual assault. Um, there's some varying reports whether this happened in 2006 or 2007, but Around the time of 2006 or 2007, Masaro actually went on a tour of Kuwait to support the troops. Um, That was really popular during that time. I don't know if it's still quite as popular, but you'd see like celebrities going and visiting the troops. No, they still do that. They're called USO shows. Oh, okay. I figured they did, but you just don't see it as often. I felt like it was always on TV when around this time. But anyways, during her, unfortunately, during her time in Kuwait, she was drugged, raped, and sodomized by someone who claimed to be a U.S. Army doctor. And... As you can imagine, Masaro did not want the details of her attack to become public knowledge. And now I will say McMahon did have a meeting with her when she got back. He did apologize. She had a meeting with McMahon and the executives. And that fixes it. Yeah, he was like... Say sorry. Yeah, he apologized for the incident and he, quote, told her to not let one bad experience ruin the excellent work of what the military was doing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which, again, does not shock me. What not to say to victims of sexual assault? Yeah, like, it's just like, you know, you can't let one bad apple ruin the bunch. Shut the fuck up, Vince. No, like, literally shut the fuck up. But, I mean, you'll find out later why he has that opinion. But anyway, okay, so he actually... um, after he was like, oh, don't let one bad apple ruin the bunch, blah, blah, blah. He really encouraged Masaro not to report it to the authorities. And the main reason for that was because of the WWE's relationship with the military. He didn't want to ruin it. After this incident, the WWE did put a new policy in place that a woman escort would accompany a woman performer when traveling in the Middle East. Too little, too late. Like, yeah. also, that doesn't necessarily protect anybody. I mean, it helps. It helps, but so. it's, but whatever. It wasn't enough. Um, Masaro did end up breaking her silence about her treatment during her time at the WWE to warn other women who may be interested in entering the same career path. Um, unfortunately, her story does have a tragic end. And on May 15th, 2019, Ashley Masaro was pronounced dead. Um, it is reported that her death was a suicide, which is horrible. It's the second skeleton in their closet. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those bad things aside, um, Vince has had some more things happen that actually was like 
the first reason why I was like, okay, yeah, because this is new, it's current. He's gotten in trouble within the last year. Yeah. Um, in July of 2022, the WWE made national headlines when McMahon stepped down as CEO. Now, this was really shocking to the public, but it wasn't for no reason. It came to light that McMahon had paid nearly $20 million in previously unrecorded expenses. Five million of these dollars went to Donald Trump's foundation in the form of donations between the, and these were made in 2007 and 2009. Okay. What's sketchy about this is McMahon was making these donations to Trump. He's making these donations to Trump. Trump and him are friends. Like Trump has gone. Trump, He's been in the WWE. I remember the clips when he got elected of them, of him running into the, into the ring. Yeah. And like, it, it's been known that they have been friends for a really long time. Now what's super sketchy about this is that um, McMahon's wife, Linda is a politician. What? Yes. Now, Linda did work for the WWE, but she left in 2009 to run for a seat on the U.S. Senate in Connecticut as a Republican. She lost the Senate race in 09 as well as 2012 to the Democrats. From what I understand, she has not held any other political office. Okay. Well... On December 7, 2016, Donald Trump denounced that he would nominate Linda McMahon to be the administrator of the Small Business Administration. And that was an, uh, she was approved and she held that office from February 2017 to April 2019. So you think there's like pay to play? Is that, is that what they're saying? Oh, I, I think so. That's I not mean, what anybody has said, but that's what I think. I mean, unfortunately, that's how politics works in America. Quid yeah, but. Quo everywhere. It's disgusting. Well, it's bullshit. And what freaked me out about this was I was like, I that I kind of spiraled after finding this out. I had to actually take like the night off after finding that out because I was like spiraling so bad because I was just like, oh my God, this was all I planned from the beginning. Like Donald Trump knew he was running way longer than we knew that he thought he was run like, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like if he's making these donations in 07 and 09, has I mean, he like been the laying I, the groundwork? I do not think that it, they were directly related. I don't think he was thinking about running and he made it. Well, I mean, he's been talking about running for forever. But he yeah. always said that. I think it's he made the donations and then later because, you know, I think the donations well, were separate. Well, and those and are the donations. In, he had them in a good light. Also, those are the donations that we know about. Yeah. I'm but, sure there was probably his own money that he donated, not just company so, money. So, like, it's weird. I, I don't think it's like that. They were exactly 100% directly linked. Indirectly, sure. In my brain in that moment, they were, and I spiraled. But Linda McMahon stepped down from this position and then actually assumed new responsibilities with the Trump reelection campaign. Um, like, so now we're going to totally shift gears. And like most bigwigs, uh, McMahon, he has a really hard time keeping it in his pants. Um, the other 15 million of the unrecorded expenses went to hush money for sexual misconduct allegations. Ooh. Now, this money was paid out between the years of 2012 and 2000 to 2022 um it was noted that a former referee named rita chatterton was uh, making decent money during her time as a referee in 1992 but she had to sexually please mcmahon in order to stay employed and throughout 1992 he was in accused of um i know i jumped back but these are just like to show that he's been yeah, shitty yeah, throughout yeah, yeah. the years um that he was covering up multiple sexual crimes within the wwe he also allegedly forced himself onto Chatterton in 1986, and she kept quiet about it for six years about the incident. Um, but there was no like legal action about that at all. Mm -hmm. um, in 2006, a woman who was working at a tanning salon in Florida accused McMahon of trying to kiss her and touch her inappropriately. And she alleged that he also showed her pictures of himself. And by that, I mean, he, I'm assuming his pee-pee. Who just does that? He's like, hey, hey, hey. He would. He's like, I'm the genetic jackhammer. Look at my dick. This is the jackhammer. Look at the jackhammer. <laughs> there was also another woman and former wrestler that said in 2018 that McMahon coerced her into having oral sex. And when she ended their sexual relationship, he demoted her. Um, the investigation allegations 
actually began when the WWE was tipped off that McMahon had paid a former employee $3 million to keep their affair a secret. He had hired this woman as a paralegal and had paid her $100,000 for her salary, but then doubled it once their affair began. Oh, my God. So once all this came out, McMahon then had to be investigated by the WWE's board of directors over the allegations. And while... This investigation was ongoing. McMahon actually stepped down from his role of chairman and CEO in the summer of 2022. Now, after McMahon stepped down, his daughter Stephanie became interim CEO, along with the head of the company, Nick Kahn, both of them serving as co-CEO. Now, Stephanie's husband, I am going to butcher his last name, Paul Levesque. Probably. But um, he is better known as Triple H. He's a wrestler. Um, He actually is. He was while McMahon was in charge and he is continuing to be the chief content officer for the WWE. And actually fans were happy. Um, They were a little shocked. They were shocked that uh, Stephanie was going to be the CEO because she had actually taken a leave of absence before the announcement. I think about like two months beforehand. Yeah. But since this takeover of Stephanie and Nick Khan being co-CEOs, there's been a lot of positive change happening within the WWE and fans were really excited. Um, Triple H made a lot of improvement in the women's division of wrestling, making it so that women weren't as objectified as, and they like actually started getting real costumes instead of just like fighting in their underwear. He gave a lot of new wrestling or new wrestlers opportunities that they wouldn't have gotten before if McMahon was still in charge. Um, So the company was really making a turnaround. Well, earlier this week, literally like five days ago, it was announced that McMahon was actually going to be back on the board. He was not CEO, but he was back on the board. Oh, my God. He's back again. He is. Now, this isn't super shocking because he's a control freak, and I'm sure he wasn't happy about the way his daughter was running things. Also, he's a fucking misogynist. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, But it's also, it had been speculated before he stepped down that the WWE would sell because it has some major contracts that are going to be up soon. So... McMahon was going to want to be part of those deals. He was not going to just let his daughter and let like, this is his baby. He, I mean, he did build it from basically almost the ground up. Like, well, he did build it from the ground up. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he hadn't gotten it from his dad, but yeah, but he had just the Northeastern block of the United States. He really built this thing. So professional wrestling is as popular as it is right now because because of of him. Like we can give him that. He's a shitty, awful person, but that statement is still true. Yeah. But it's not shocking that he came back to the board now. This literally happened last night, like 24 hours ago. It was announced that Stephanie McMahon was stepping down as CEO. And this is her statement. Dear WWE Universe. I'll start that again. This is her statement. Dear WWE Universe. About eight months ago, I took a leave of absence and within a few weeks, unexpectedly had the opportunity of a lifetime. I had the privilege to return as co-CEO and chairwoman of the board of the WWE. I cannot put into words how proud I am to have led what I consider to be the greatest company in the world, working alongside remarkable a, a remarkable leadership team and one of the strongest executives I have known in my co-CEO, Nick Khan. Our founder, Vince McMahon, has returned as executive chief and is leading an exciting process regarding strategic alternatives. And with Nick's leadership and Paul Triple H Levesque as chief content officer, I am confident WWE is in the perfect place to continue to provide unparalleled creative contact and drive maximum value to shareholders. WWE is in such a strong position that I have decided to return to my leave and take it one step further with my official resignation. I look forward to cheering on WWE from the other side of the business where I started when I was a kid as a pure fan. I will always remain dedicated to WWE. I truly love our company, our employees, our superstars, and our fans. I am grateful to you all 
and I am grateful to all of our partners. Thank you for everything. Then, now, forever, together. Steph. Weird ending, but okay. Well, when um, when Vince stepped down, he had a tweet that also the end of it said then. No, I, forever, I about to together. say, I was like, I wonder if she's even writing this. Um, Yeah, I kind of wondered that as well. Or if, that, or if he was just like, get the fuck out. And then they just wrote this as like a filler piece. Yeah, I kind of. To, to gloss it over. I don't think that this is like a um, cordial retake over. I think that this was like a shock to everyone. Um, yeah, I think this is really bad. Yeah. I, I feel I actually feel really bad for everyone who's working at WWE right now because I don't think the greatest company in the world. Yeah, when she stuff. said that, I was like, come on, dude. Like, like, uh, you're deluded. Like, I don't know. Maybe people who feed the hungry might be the greatest company in the world. No, nope, it's, it's the people who. It's the WWE. The people who grapple each other. That's probably what it is. Now, what do we think she means by strategic alternatives? Like, what do we think she's talking about? Well, there's a lot of back and forth on whether or not this is true or what is true and what isn't true. But there is a rumor that WWE is actually being sold to Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. Now, some think that the reason for this is because the company would go from being public to then being private, allowing McMahon to return as CEO without any issues. Also, I talked to someone today who's like a fan of this and supposedly like WWE is really big in Saudi Arabia. It's so weird. Like that's why they want to buy it in the first place is because they've been doing a bunch of events there. It's like really popular in Saudi Arabia. That's weird. It is weird. You wouldn't think, but I guess it's true. Well, however, regardless of if they love it or not, there's a lot of there's a lot at stake for the WWE if this is sold to the Saudi company because the future of all the employees and talent is really up in the air. If they do do a takeover, this could be the end of women's wrestling as well as the end of wrestling for those who are part of the LGBT plus community because of all of their humanitarian issues. Yeah. In that country. Yeah. Um, there is no official word yet. However, rumors are spreading and we should be finding out within a few short weeks whether or not a deal has been made. So we'll keep you up to date. And unfortunately, um, that is where our story ends. There's been absolutely no justice brought to Vince McMahon. I, not yet. I mean, not, maybe at some not point, but. Yet. I kind of have the feeling that there will be no consequences, no real consequences for this man. I, I don't it. really. I we'll hold out. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Let's, let's hope and we'll see. We'll keep you updated. Yeah. But. Like a true conquistador, Vince McMahon is greedy and will stop at nothing until he has conquered all of wrestling. He is so hyper fixated on control that he's willing to bring his own company down to do it, even if that means putting his company in a complete chokehold. Although McMahon has yet to suffer any consequences for his scandalous behavior, time will tell if this sale will actually bring down the WWE as we know it. Pride comes before the fall. And as we know, Vince has come many times before. So just maybe he'll get his reckoning. Unfortunately, his reckoning will also have to do with wrecking a lot of people's lives. More than he has already. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually wrecked a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. It's Motherfucker. What, at least two deaths that we talked about. There's, that we talked about. There's, there's a more. lot more. There's more. Like, this episode, I already knew this was going to be a long episode. I had to, like, not include so much stuff. Yeah, if you really want to get into it, there's so much stuff that goes on with the WWE that's insane. Heinous. Yeah. And, like, the crazy controversies and, like, I didn't even talk about, like, the crazy storylines that have been put in yeah, place. Like the time The Undertaker got lit on fire. Oh. God, I didn't even know about that. I was thinking about that. He got a jacket melted to his The arm. guy who, like, with the dead body or something. What? There's something, like, where the guy fucked the dead body or something what? like that. 
Yeah, I forget. It was like part of a storyline. Oh, okay. he didn't actually fuck a dead body, but it was like oh, a corpse. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, or like a fake corpse. That's their thing. They're fucking weird, dude. They do weird stuff. They're it's fucking true. weird. They're all about the shock factor. Anyways, that was our episode. Like we said, we will keep you updated on um, whatever news comes out about the WWE these next upcoming months. It's going to be really interesting to see. I'm I am kind of glad though that we did the episode when we did it because there was so much breaking news every time we said pulse pulse on the zeitgeist which by the way next week's episode is another very zeitgeisty it is uh, uh episode so yes. if you like about learning about stuff that's going on right now is it good is it good this two weeks is a for good you? two weeks good for, two you. Weeks for you very guys. good two weeks um so to make sure you don't miss that episode and you keep up to date with all we're doing we ask you to follow us on facebook.com slash white collars red hands our twitter on at white collars pod our instagram at white collars underscore red hands we do are on tiktok at white collars red hands um those that is a free way that you can support us another free way is by rating us on whatever place you're listening to whether that be spotify or apple Podcasts. most of you are listening on apple Podcasts. we really appreciate a five-star review but we also like an honest review about real tangible ways that we can improve our podcast um another way you can support us is by sending in um ideas for future episodes you can email us at whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com and if you want an unfree way to support us, if you want to give us your money, uh, you can buy some of our merch on Tee Public. You can go to our website and click on our little tab that says merch, and you can buy a sweater for the winter, anything you could possibly imagine. And I think that's it. Yeah. No. This, oh, no, this tell already, a friend. Tell a friend. I was say this is already a long episode. I'm not adding anything. All right, fine. Tell a friend. All right, bye, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time on another episode of White Collars Red, Red Hands. Hands.